When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live around Australia, you're listening to Saturday Night Trackside. New Zealand might get our panellists to, I guess, unpack their crystal ball for the coming year ahead. A man who's been very busy across all sectors in terms of calling, hosting, training, etc. is Andy McCook and a man who's joining him today has been on leave, I think, for the last couple of weeks, taking a well-earned break. Mark Rosanowski, happy new year to you, gentlemen. Yes, very good morning, Damien, and to you too, Andy. Festive greetings to you both, and you're absolutely right there, Damien. I'm on my, uh, oh, about 11th day of holiday, I think, and uh, I'm back on Tuesday calling the Manawatu meeting, but the man who's been covering for me, and just about everyone else, he's called at Christchurch, Palmerston North, and the Premier meeting on New Year's Eve at Waikato, is Andy McCook. Andy, how are you holding up there, mate? Yeah, compliments of the season to you boys as well. Oh, it's been busy, Rosso, but someone's got to do the hard yards, I guess. Um, <laughs> we've got through it. You've been sunning yourself on the coast while I've been working my butt off, you know, just to keep things ticking along. And then we had an abandoned meeting, which got moved to the next day. And, you know, it just went from bad to worse for me. But glad you had a fun time, Rosso, over on the coast. Great thing is uh, here, team, that um, while I was on the coast, I, I went to the Reefton Trotting Club meeting there. Uh, New Year's meeting, it's uh, on December the 30th, and I watched a trotter part owned by Andy McCook win, and I didn't back it. Majestic jag. Andy, congratulations. Um, I should have collected the ribbon for you, really. Yeah, you should have. You should have. I'm disappointed you weren't on, but that may be why he rolled on home. He probably went into a gallop over the crossing the first time if you were on, if your luck's anything like mine. But, no, he's a nice horse. We've had a little bit of fun with him. It's good to uh, dip the toe into uh, one of the other codes outside of Greyhounds. And, uh, yeah, I think we've had something like 11 starts with him now for five wins, and he looks like he might have a couple more in store as well. He's got a little bit of an engine, and he's uh, he's just starting to do things right now. The Dunn team done a massive job with him, and, uh, no, it's just, just fun to be along for the ride, even no, Rosso, it's only a here in the tail I own. Even so, uh, look, we, I know it's a, it's, it's a greyhound show and we're talking trotting right now, harness racing. But, Andy, um, are you willing to divulge how much the syndicate paid for this horse? Because you've just mentioned you've had him for 11 starts for five wins and a bit of a bargain basement price just quietly. Yeah, yeah, he didn't cost us uh, too much. He was cheap at uh, just just over a couple of grand. So, uh, you know, we got him cheap. We sent him to the Duns. Johnny had uh, driven driven him a couple of times and uh, said that he just needed to to learn how to race. And he'd have a, he's got a bit of an engine when he gets it right. And uh, he's certainly getting it right now. And uh, yeah, they've certainly done a, a massive job with uh, him out there on the beach, John Dunn and uh, the team there, Robert and Jenna, obviously. And uh, yeah, no, we just uh, we're just along for the ride, and uh, it's a, it's a good ride as well. And we get to have a couple of beverages when he wins, which is even better. Well, look, the pair of us have been involved in all three codes in some shape or form. And, Andy, just with that meeting at Reefton, and, you know, I'll divulge an interest here. It's my father's hometown, so it's quite a sentimental meeting for me as a rule. And we had a memorial race uh, for my uncle Brian 
on, uh, God, what day was it? I'm just losing track of the days, Thursday. Um, but the thing is, Andy, that that to me is what racing is all about, that holiday racing. There are some about who would like to take that office. There was even a report a few years ago that suggested uh, these meetings should go at the expense of, you know, having a few more meetings at Addington. I'll tell you what, mate, they ever do that, I'm out of the game, I'm gone. Yeah, fair call, fair call. I don't think the TAB could afford to lose them just quietly. The turnover, from what I heard, was uh, was pretty big over there. I think they ticked through 1.4 million on the first of the three days. And gee, it's just what it's all about, though, wasn't it, Rosso? That second day at Westport when they're trudging around in the mud, running home their last quarters and halves, and uh, worse than 70 seconds, which you just don't see. And then they all back up again two days later, including my horse, and uh, they uh, they handle it a whole lot better. It's just a whole lot of fun. I, I wish I could have been over there, but unfortunately, some of us had to work. <laughs> Next year, Andy, maybe we'll flip the coin, eh? We'll go the opposite way. I'll do the work and, and you can get over there to the coast circuit because it is a whole lot of fun. Hey, mate, that's, that's actually part of the reason why I didn't back your horse at Reefton because I honestly thought after the effort of those horses, um, like seriously, to, to, to back up a couple of days later and to race as well as they did, uh, testament to horse and, uh, and trainers. Yeah, certainly is. I mean, that second day was just unbelievable, wasn't it? I thought at one point they might have actually pulled in. It was more like thoroughbred racing, half of them staying around the outside fence and running in the middle of the track and horses diving under them and not handling it. It was uh, it was all on for young and old. But, uh, gee, I think the feature of that third day, Rosso, for me, was uh, was having a, a wee close-up of one Mark Rosanowski having a bowl around in the, uh, in the, in the mobile. <laughs> oh, they get a shot, did they? Uh, they? They were trying to mic me up at the last minute. I was like, I wasn't having a bar of that, but uh, no starter, Ricky Donnelly. Uh, Too many wines at that point, or? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, was, I had a relatively quiet day in that regard, Andy. I was, I was trying to concentrate on the punting, which did me okay up until the last. Um, but... Um, no, it was good to be out there. I've done it once before at Addington, but it's a, it's a lot smoother ride on the shell at Addington. Uh, out there at, uh, at Reefton, she was, she was a little bumpy. I said to Ricky, I said, have you ever lost anyone over the side? Because I had visions of me tumbling outside this, the side there and getting run over by the nine horse. Gee, don't do that. That meant why would have to fill in for another couple of weeks till you mended. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and I'm a bit brittle these days too. Of course, Andy, um, as you've been saying, you've been busy and it's been uh, greyhound racing. We don't have the let-up uh, around Christmas, New Year that we kind of used to. We don't have any greyhound racing in New Zealand today and we didn't yesterday either on New Year's Day, but things get pretty busy from tomorrow on. But, um, Andy, you have been busy and um, you had the pleasure, though, to call the Premier Meeting uh, New Year's with all the finals. Um, including the Waikato Classic. Um, and that must have been a real thrill for you because it was, even though we didn't have the Southern visitors like we've had in the past, it was still a very high-quality meeting that we'll be recapping with a couple of guests shortly. Oh, super meeting, and uh, it's always good, especially at an early stage of my calling career anyway, to uh, to be calling meetings like that because uh, yeah, even outside of the, the Group 2 feature, the rest of the racing was super. We saw uh, we saw Pedro Lee, one of the local kings, taking out the uh, the Waikato Cup in good fashion. Of course, Shane E winning the, the, the distance feature, and always good to see good animals bounce back no matter what code they're in, and, uh, of course, the ex-Australian typhoon, Tim G. Rosso, when he first came over, I remember you saying to me, and, and we both thought that he, he might have been a Wanganui specialist out and out speedster. Gee, he has strengthened up something chronic now, and uh, he's just he's dynamite. Yeah, he is. Look, I'll put my hand up. I thought he was a blow-and-go dog, and uh, I thought he'd win the Galaxy, and he ran third, but it was actually quite a game third. Uh, draws didn't work out in his favour, and like you say, since then, both at Manawatu on my patch, where he won a feature sprint, and now that uh, feature sprint up there, which was the Dennis Cole Memorial Sprint. Now, we'll be chatting to Brendan Cole from... 
uh, the Cole Kennels later in the show and uh, the Dennis Cole Memorial Sprint, something very dear to Brendan's heart, so I'm sure he appreciated Typhoon Tim's win in there. In fact, they got the Quinella, of course, with Big Time Prada running second, and of course they took out the Waikato Classic with Allegro Ginny, who's a very progressive animal. Andy, there were some uh, terrific runs in defeat, and one of the best on the day was Thrilling Risk, who was second in that Waikato Classic from uh, an impossible position, really. Oh, phenomenal run, G. He took a big whack. You talk about team tactics, Rosso. If it was harness racing, Allegro Mars would have been in the room, I think. Uh, just dead set, put the shoulder into Risk into the corner and shunted him out the back, second to last. And, gee, rock and rolled home to be beaten a half length. He was a, a tragedy beating the heat and an even bigger tragedy beating the final. So he looks like he's got a really big future in front of him as well. Thrilling Risk, we always obviously associate the the, uh, the Walsh team with good dogs and uh, she's certainly got a, a pretty handy one there. And, Ros, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, the, the uh, premier meeting that they had down at Invercargill as well just before Christmas and uh, Tony Hart. The man they called Kojak, nailing his first Group 2 win in the, uh, in the Far South Challenge. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good to see because, of course, we'd had uh, uh, Tony of Jack um, Hart on um, prior to the heats, and they had a, a super day there. Um, and then we had his uh, kennel four-person Taylor on uh, prior to the final, and they, uh, they ripped that off as well. Like you say... Um, Looks pretty special, isn't it, I think, um, for uh, Invercargill to be picking up a premium meeting. Obviously, Manawatu's had one recently uh, with uh, with uh, Hattrick Raceway and Wanganui currently out of action still. And uh, another premium meeting coming up at Manawatu next month, we can say now in February. Yeah, there's a, it's just super to get this racing. And, of course, we've got one at Eddington with the uh, the Group 1 Breeders Stakes as well coming up in January. So uh, there's stacks of racing around. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just awesome to be able to target those better dogs and, and see them going around for, for decent money, which they deserve to be racing for, which is, uh, which is absolutely super. There was a $7,000 maiden final uh, on Thursday, the premier meeting as well. And, uh, Andy, it's been the starting point for some quite nice dogs. Now... Big Time Rifle was the most impressive heat winner and uh, had to be withdrawn from the final. So we'll have a chat with Brendan Cole about that a little later. But they still won the race with Big Time Kilty. He's out of a Breeders' Stakes winner, actually, in Big Time Tears. Andy, fair to say Karen Walsh didn't have a lot of luck in the features because Thrilling Fern was a, a, a just a mighty second in that race, too. That was a phenomenal run, and uh, I'm never one to sort of go early crow on greyhounds, but gee whiz, I think in the call I said she might be a, a potential stayer and some sort of superstar stayer in time. I know we're only maiden racing, but her run through the heat for this maiden series and, and even the final in the heat, she was taking considerable ground off big-time rifle, and gee, this final, she was monstrous. She was just absolutely smoked over going into the first corner, back to second to last, absolutely rip-roared through a decent field to get to second, and it was uh, it was super third dog good as well soldier blue for the locals and uh, and tom Patton and uh, he was a, a nice run looks like he might be a handy dog as well and as i think in the call i called him uh, big time ketis but obviously he's a uh, boy ketis he was a dollar 30 favorite got checked as soon as the box is open he's a dog with a very very big future of course won the heat in a, a faster time than one of the heats of the classic he's going to be going places boy ketis he's one to put a big ring around and watch his progression Yes, certainly. I did take note of that, uh, Andy, when I was watching those races back. And, um, 
Yes, uh, that uh, that maiden uh, once again is going to give us a few to follow. And uh, Boyd Kettis, of course, with uh, Arch Lawrence, who is a part owner of Shaney, our champion stayer, who was back in the winning circle in the uh, thrilling break distance there on uh, Friday. And very shortly, we'll have a chat to the other part owner of the dog and the trainer, young Sam Lazell. Andy, just prior to that, Thrilling Brad, of course, one of our very best stayers, uh, Hall of Famer. And um, his sister, Thrilling Quest, a greyhound who ran a second and a third in the uh, Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, fine stayer in her own right, uh, track record holder and uh, greyhound who won 100,000 herself. Uh, she passed away recently and she's uh, buried there at Tirau with um, Thrilling Brat and their mum, Thrilling Faith. Yeah, always sad moments when you when you lose uh, dogs, they become part of your family. And I know uh, Questy certainly was to, to Jenny Bartlett, who ended up having her through her retirement and having her on the couch. She was a, a superstar, to be fair to her, Questy. She probably lived in the shadow of Brett throughout, but uh, you take Brett out of it, and she was one of the best stars we had. So she was phenomenal. She could do it at both ends. And, uh, yeah, if we could uh, get another Brett along, uh, another uh, Quest along at some stage, we'd be doing pretty good. Indeed. Well, Damien, um, that's our musings from the last uh, fortnight or so, but uh, look, we'll get closer to the action. Uh, talk to Sam Lazell, Brendan Cole, all of that coming soon. Absolutely. We do this, of course, for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz with all the information. As Rosso said, Sam Lazell will be up next, the trainer of New Zealand champion stayer Shane E, which won the distance feature at Cambridge on New Year's Eve. For New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form, this is Kiwi Chasing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing. For New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Big welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing as we unpack the latest Greyhound racing news across New Zealand. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. And Rosa, it's fair to say our first guest had a very eventful New Year's Eve. <laughs> Indeed, yes. A win in the 747-metre thrilling break distance feature at Cambridge there for Shaney, our champion stayer who... Hadn't won since July, but she'd only had three starts in the interim, and then she picked up this feature in outstanding fashion as well. Good morning to you, Sam Lozell. Uh, look, congratulations. What were your emotions like there on Friday? Morning, guys, and uh, happy New Year. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty emotional that win because it's taken a long time for her to come back to her best. But she came into season then coming to milk so it's, it's been a long road to get her back to her best and it was very pleasing to see her run like that Indeed um, How confident were you going into the 747 metre feature on the, the back of the preparation that she'd had? Look I was reasonably confident like we gave her a um, two week freshen up before that race and um, I thought that that was key um, but yeah just pleased to see her run like that She's four and a half now, Sam. So um, outside of the season and the milk and all of that, is, it, is, it, is she showing any signs of, of age at all? She's only at the 51 start. So where's she at and what sort of future do you see for her now? Well, she was already full of greys when she was two years old, so <laughs> she certainly has an age and a mood. Um, but, yeah, I'm very aware of how old she is. And, and what do you think, uh, therefore, you, how will you handle sort of the remainder of her career from now? 
Uh, we'll just keep it wrapped up in cotton wool, mate, and um, get to that silver collar, hopefully. <laughs> well, the silver collar, of course, is the one that everybody wants with the distance dogs, and... Uh, you know, she she was going to be a dom. Well, she was a dominant favourite in the in leading into the heats of last year's collar, and unfortunately, she she fell. That must have been probably the the, the toughest blow you've ever had in your your young training career. Oh, certainly, yeah, very 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 big blow. Well, she was able to pick herself up. <laughs> How long did it take you to sort of pick yourself up from that disappointment? I'm still picking myself up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even uh, hey, nominate you... dogs for the Silver Collar Day. I didn't even go to the races. So it tells you. Just too hard to take. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look, um, she'll be around five when the Silver Collar comes around, but uh, if you're nursing her towards that, we've seen dogs, you know, sort of at that age be competitive, so you're confident she can be? Um, if she stays sound... Um, and injuries keep away from her, well, we'll have a crack, you know. It's, she's certainly worth having a go for that race. Sam, do you know when you're going to line her up next? I think there's a bigger race at Cambridge in a couple of weeks. That'll be where she lines up next. Okay. And, look, um, the race itself well, it was a phenomenal performance, but I'll hand it over to Andy McCook because... He called the race, and Andy, I don't mind admitting, I was on the second dog, Fine Intention, and, and she's just going super Fine Intention. And I, I thought Fine Intention had a big enough margin on Shaney, even knowing how good Shaney can be over the concluding stages. So what was it like to call that performance? It was uh, it was nice to be able to call her home, actually. I was pretty big on her pre, uh, pre the race as well, and I thought Fine Intention might have snuck away. Sam, good morning to you. Um, just talk us through that run because we saw her we saw her begin relatively cleanly and try and make her way somewhere near the lead and she had to take a little bit of a sitter behind them and use her head. It must have been slightly nervous through the first corner for you watching. Yeah, it was my other dog in the two, uh, Brickman. He, he he sort of led in on the first corner. He sort of wanted to get off the track, but um, I don't know why he wanted to do that. It, that caused a bit of, made her run a bit wider. I initially thought that she was a bit too far back to pick up fine attention, but um, we know how good she is, and she just rolled past. Yeah, she set sail after them and had to uh, check off the heels of one in front of her as well. It was a, a massive effort. Hey, Sam, just, just talk us through, obviously, uh, the, the pressures of training greyhounds is, is never easy. What's the pressure like training? Uh, what, what, what has been the, the best stayer in New Zealand over the last season? What are the pressures like on you training a, a greyhound like her and trying to get her back to her best? It's not, a lot, it's not a lot of pressure, mate. Um, you know, you put at the end of the day, you put the dog in the box, and mate, and it's all up to them. Um, she's just a freak. That's all she is. Yeah, she certainly is that, of course. Uh, and the ownership is, uh, is Arch Lauren, someone who we've associated with some of our best stayers here in New Zealand for a very long time. Does he help you along the lines of, of training her, or does he leave you to, to just do your own thing? No, he leaves me to do my own thing and just uh, gives me the bank details after the races. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part about just being an owner, right? Just collecting the cash at the end. Uh, as Rosso said, though, well, obviously she's um, she's not getting any younger breeding propositions for her. Do, do you get involved in that, or does that go back to uh, does she yeah, go back to Arch? And... She's gonna, we, he said that we can go halves in a litter. Uh, she possibly will go down to Rosemary Blackburn and have pups down there. Um, and they'll come back up when they're ready to be broken in. 
It is beautiful if you get half of the litter out of her, you would imagine she'll go on to be a, a pretty decent stayer. Hey, uh, Sam, just through the rest of your team, uh, anything else uh, for the for the listeners to be following over the next few weeks? Obviously, you've only got a small team, but uh, you usually do a you usually get a, a few winners most weeks. Uh, there's a dog I've got here. He's been very disappointing lately. Um, he's got a big, big motor. His name's Wheelhouse. Um, I think that he he's downgraded now, and his next start is going to be tough. Well, we see him go around over the uh, the 300, or will he have another crack over the 450 like he did on uh, on Premier Day? Probably go over the 400, mate. Now that he's downgraded, and he won't be as in the richer company, so give the 450 another crack at Cambridge. Oh, Rosso, there's a decent one for the listeners to follow in. We'll have the coming weeks in Cambridge. I've written that down. Sam, I just, just having a flick through the fields, obviously we've got uh, Auckland tomorrow, we've got Cambridge later in the week. I even had a look through Palmerston North because occasionally you sneak down my way as well, but nothing in this week. Have you decided that the young family needs a week off? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of dogs here with a few injuries. Um, but I only had the three that raced the other day at Cambridge and I just thought I'd give them a week off or so and then bring them back again. Mm. What do you find harder, mate? Training the dogs or, or, or training the young child? Uh, certainly training the child today. He's a bit moody this morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey mate, I, I really appreciate you taking ten minutes out of it uh, to uh, to come and chat to us. So uh, so all the best with uh, the family uh, and with the greyhounds. Got wheelhouse noted down, and we'll look out for Shaney in a couple of weeks as well. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Cheers, Sam. Thank you, Sam Lazell. Um, Andy was sort of in the since August when we've been starting this show. We've been quite big on talking about. Um, the fact that greyhound racing appears uh, to be to be full of good young people, um, both genders too, and uh, Sam's one of them. Yeah, he certainly is, does a super job, doesn't he? He's one of those trainers who you can uh, follow and, and have an investment on a greyhound that he trains and be confident it's turning up in A1 condition. Of course, already a, a Group 1 winning trainer as well as Sam. He's got a, a decent pedigree in the game and a little bit of tutelage from the Cole team. And, uh, and you know, when when you've got a bloke like Arch Lawrence sending you a, a decent greyhound like Shane to be training, then uh, that says something uh, as well. So good to see him doing a, a good job and uh, great to see Shane come back and... Gee, I just hope, Rosso, that someday in the near future we get to see the Shaney versus No Keeper before she's too old. Yeah, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Uh, no Keeper, of course, fantastic down there in the Group 2 Galway Cup of that Invercargill Premier meeting that we talked about uh, earlier and a dog that we've profiled on the show uh, towards the back half of 2021. But it's 2022, it's the second day. However, some things don't change, and that is the dominance of the Lisa Cole Kennels, and they had another uh, super day uh, there on Friday. We'll talk more about that shortly. And Damien, I'm going to have to come up with a couple of winners, but I'll tell you what, Andy's yeah, head must be full of winners, and I'm hoping he's going to spill a couple. I've written a couple down for Tuesday, but it's going to be hard work, but we'll bring those to you shortly. Yes, absolutely, and of course we look forward in great earnest to what's to come. We had a big night in Australia with the Silver Chief final last night, and there's a lot of big events to look forward to in New Zealand Greyhound Racing as well. Thanks to New Zealand Greyhound Racing, the first for form. After the break, we'll have those tips, and also Brendan Cole to join us later on in the next half hour. For New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form, this is Kiwi Chasing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand and Greyhounds, first perform.
Big welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing as we unpack the latest Greyhound racing news across New Zealand. Damien Watson joined by Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. And Rosa, it's fair to say our first guest had a very eventful New Year's Eve. <laughs> Indeed, yes, a win in the 747-metre thrilling break distance feature at Cambridge there for Shaney, our champion stayer, who hadn't won since July, but she'd only had three starts in the interim, and then she picked up this feature in outstanding fashion as well. Good morning to you, Sam Lozell. Uh, look, congratulations. What were your emotions like there on Friday? Morning, guys, and uh, happy New Year. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty emotional that win because it's taken a long time for her to come back to her best. But she came into season and come into milk, so it's it's been a long road to get her back to her best. And it was very pleasing to see her run like that. Indeed, um, how confident were you going into the seven forty seven meter feature on the the back of the preparation that she'd had? Look, I was reasonably confident. Like we gave her um, two week freshen up before that race and um, I thought that that was key um, but yeah just pleased to see it run like that She's four and a half now Sam so um, outside of the season and the milk and all of that is, is, is she showing any signs of, of, of age at all? She's only at the 51 start so where's she at and what sort of a future do you see for her now? Well she was already full of greys when she was two years old so <laughs> She certainly has an age in the mood. Um, but, yeah, I'm very aware of how old she is. And, and what do you think, uh, therefore, you, how will you handle sort of the remainder of her career from now? Uh, we'll just keep her wrapped up in cotton wool, mate, and um, get to that silver collar, hopefully. <laughs> well, the silver collar, of course, is the one that everybody wants with the distance dogs, and... Uh, you know, she she was going to be a dominant. She was a dominant favourite in the in leading into the heats of last year's collar, and unfortunately, she she fell. That must have been probably the the, the toughest blow you've ever had in your your young training career. Oh, certainly, yeah, very 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 big blow. Well, she was able to pick herself up. <laughs> How long did it take you to sort of pick yourself up from that disappointment? I'm still picking myself up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even uh, hey, nominate you... dogs for the Silver Collar Day. I didn't even go to the races. So it tells you. Just too hard to take. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look, um, she'll be around five when the Silver Collar comes around, but uh, if you're nursing her towards that, we've seen dogs, you know, sort of at that age be competitive, so you're confident she can be? Um, if she stays sound... Um, and injuries keep away from her, well, we'll have a crack, you know. It's, she's certainly worth having a go for that race. Sam, do you know when you're going to line her up next? I think there's a bigger race at Cambridge in a couple of weeks. That'll be where she lines up next. Okay. And, look, um, the race itself well, it was a phenomenal performance, but I'll hand it over to Andy McCook because... He called the race, and Andy, I don't mind admitting, I was on the second dog, Fine Intention, and, and she's just going super Fine Intention. And I, I thought Fine Intention had a big enough margin on Shaney, even knowing how good Shaney can be over the concluding stages. So what was it like to call that performance? 
It was uh, it was nice to be able to call it home. Actually, I was pretty big on her pre uh, pre the race as well, and I thought fine attention might have snuck away. Sam, good morning to you. Um, just talk us through that run because we saw her we saw her begin relatively cleanly and try and make her way somewhere near the lead, and she had to take a little bit of a sitter behind them and use her head. It must have been slightly nervous through the first corner for you watching. Yeah, it was my other dog in the two, uh, Brickman. He. He's, he's sort of leading on the first corner. He sort of wanted to get off the track, but um, I don't know why he wanted to do that. But that caused a bit of, made her run a bit wider. I initially thought that she was a bit too far back to pick up fine attention, but um, we know how good she is, and she just rolled past. Yeah, she set sail after them and had to uh, check off the heels of one in front of her as well. It was a, a massive effort. Hey, Sam, just, just talk us through, obviously, uh, the, the pressures of training greyhounds is, is never easy. What's the pressure like training? Uh, what, what, what has been the, the best stayer in New Zealand over the last season? What are the pressures like on you training a, a greyhound like her and trying to get her back to her best? It's not, a lot, it's not a lot of pressure, mate. Um, you know, you put at the end of the day, you put the dog in the box, mate, and it's all up to them. Um, she's just a freak. That's all she is. Yeah, she certainly is that, of course. Uh, and the ownership is, uh, is Arch Lawrence, someone who we've associated with some of our best stayers here in New Zealand for a very long time. Does he help you along the lines of, of training her, or does he leave you to, to just do your own thing? No, he leaves me to do my own thing and just uh, gives me the bank details after the races. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part about just being an owner, right? Just collecting the cash at the end. Uh, as Rosso said, though, obviously she's um, she's not getting any younger breeding propositions for her. Do, do you get involved in that, or does that go back to uh, does she yeah, end up going back to Arch? And... She's gonna, we, he said that we can go hard in the litter. Uh, she possibly will go down to Rosemary Blackburn and have pups down there. Um, and they'll come back up when they're ready to be broken in. That is beautiful. If you get half of the litter out of her, you would imagine she'll go on to be a, a pretty decent stayer. Hey, uh, Sam, just through the rest of your team, uh, anything else uh, for the for the listeners to be following over the next few weeks? Obviously, you've only got a small team, but uh, you usually do a you usually get a, a few winners most weeks. Uh, there's a dog I've got here. He's been very disappointing lately. Um, he's got a big, big motor. His name's Wheelhouse. Um, I think that he he's downgraded now and his next start is going to be tough. Will we see him go around over the uh, the 300 or will he have another crack over the 450 like he did on, uh, on Premier Day? Probably go over the 400, mate, now that he's downgraded and he won't be as in the rich company. So he'll give the 450 another crack at Cambridge. Oh, Rosso, there's a decent one for the listeners to follow in. We'll have the coming weeks at Cambridge. I've written that down. Sam, I'm just, just having a flick through the fields. Obviously, we've got uh, Auckland tomorrow. We've got Cambridge later in the week. I even had a look through Palmerston North because occasionally you sneak down my way as well. But nothing in this week. Have you decided that the young family needs a week off? <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of dogs here with a few injuries. Um, but I only had the three that raced the other day at Cambridge, and I just thought I'd give them a week off or so and then bring them back again. Mm. What do you find harder, mate? Training the dogs or, or, or training young child? Uh, certainly training a child today. He's a bit moody this morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I, I really appreciate you taking 10 minutes out of it uh, to uh, to come and chat to us. So uh, so all the best with uh, the family uh, and with the greyhounds. Got Wheelhouse noted down and we'll look out for Shaney in a couple of weeks as well. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Cheers, Sam. Thank you, Sam Lazell. Um, Andy, we've sort of in the since August when we've been starting this show, we've been quite big on talking about um, 
the fact that greyhound racing appears uh, to be to be full of good young people, um, both genders too, and uh, Sam's one of them. Yeah, he certainly is, does a super job, doesn't he? He's one of those trainers who you can uh, follow and, and have an investment on a greyhound that he trains and be confident it's turning up in A1 condition. Of course, already a, a Group 1 winning trainer as well as Sam. He's got a, a decent pedigree in the game and a little bit of tutelage from the Cole team. And, uh, and you know, when when you've got a bloke like Arch Lawrence sending you a, a decent greyhound like Shane e to be training, then uh, that says something uh, as well. So good to see him doing a, a good job and uh, great to see Shane come back and... Gee, I just hope, Rosso, that someday in the near future we get to see the Shaney versus No Keeper before she's too old. Yeah, that would be all right, wouldn't it? Uh, no Keeper, of course, fantastic down there in the Group 2 Galway Cup of that Invercargill Premier Meeting that we talked about uh, earlier and a dog that we've profiled on the show uh, towards the back half of 2021. But it's 2022, it's the second day. However, some things don't change, and that is the dominance of the Lisa Cole Kennels, and they had another uh, super day uh, there on Friday. We'll talk more about that shortly. And, Damien, I'm going to have to come up with a couple of winners, but I'll tell you what, Andy's yeah, head must be full of winners, and I'm hoping he's going to spill a couple. I've written a couple down for Tuesday, but it's going to be hard work, but we'll bring those to you shortly. Yes, absolutely, and of course we look forward in great earnest to what's to come. We had a big night in Australia with the Silver Chief final last night, and there's a lot of big events to look forward to in New Zealand Greyhound Racing as well, thanks to New Zealand Greyhound Racing, the first for form. After the break, we'll have those tips, and also Brendan Cole to join us later on in the next half hour. For New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form, this is Kiwi Chasing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing. For New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. Welcome back. You are indeed listening to Kiwi Chasing. All thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first performed. Damian Watson, Mark Rosanowski, and Andy McCook with you. The first show of 2022. And Rosso, our next guest, one of the key operators. In fact, the, one of the leading operators, really, when it comes to New Zealand Greyhound Racing. It'll be eager, certainly, for a lot of the punters out there to get an insight as to what's in store for his kennel in 2022. Yes, certainly, uh, Damien. And um, Lisa Cole Kennels ended... 2021 in emphatic fashion at the premier meeting on Friday there at Cambridge with uh, four winners, including the Group 2 Waikato Classic. Brendan Cole, as we welcome you in this morning, though, I think I'm going to jump straight to the Dennis Cole Memorial Sprint because I'm sure it's a, a race dear to you. And we talked about emotion earlier with young Sam Lazell getting Shane E home. What are the emotions like for you when you line up dogs in the Dennis Cole Memorial Sprint? Yeah, morning, guys. Um... Yeah, that race is very important to us and uh, obviously my family. Um, I just lost my mother recently as well. So um, um, the, for the my brother and my sister that are still alive and myself, um, yeah, there was, there was a few good drinks uh, that, that night and over Christmas. Um, and, uh, yeah, it still cuts me up a bit. Yeah, it's tough to talk about um, when, you, uh, when you've got a close-knit family like that, uh, Brendan. But, um, look, you must have gone into the Dennis Cole Memorial Sprint pretty confident given the artillery you had in there with uh, five runners, including the favourite Typhoon Tim. And he was just dominant, winning in a 20 and 79. I'd imagine you were pretty confident with him going into the race? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, yeah, 
we got six through the final mark and uh, we bred the other dog, Allegro Rory, and we raced him earlier on and then sold him. So um, seven sort of dogs connected to the property going into the final. And, um, um, yeah, look, you can never be overconfident. I've had these things before when you've gone, had that many and got beat. But um, I had, I, I aimed some massive firepower at that race. Um, and that that race is... Uh, it's a bit like a New Zealand Cup for us. I know the prize money's not the same, but um, I tried to win that race a few times when my father was alive and couldn't do it. And since um, since now, I I made a promise that um, we'll just try and nail that race every year. Well, um, Brendan, just on Typhoon term, Andy and I spoke about it earlier in the show, and um, I sort of thought, well, look, this is a dog here who, if Hattrick Raceway was up and running over the 305, he'd be winning for fun, maybe like a Sir Dougie that you had a couple of seasons ago. Thought he might win the Galaxy. As it turned out, the draws didn't quite work out for him, but he was still a gutsy third. But I've got to say, he's been super over the 410 at Manawatu, better than I expected, and then, of course, up there at Cambridge as well. Has that been expected for you, or has he been surprising you as to how strong he appears now over that sort of 400-metre trip? No, I, I sort of expected it, um, because he, he is the narrow track record holder, and that's 365. Um, and he had one at, at Albion Park as a young dog over the 395. I know they're on circle-type tracks, but see, when he first arrived, Mark, there was COVID, um, he spent time up in Auckland with Hayley doing uh, Hayley Mullane just looking after him, and she, she was too scared to do anything with him because she, she knew I had a pretty hot animal on my hands. Um, so he spent, you know, time in Australia doing nothing, time up there doing nothing, and then I finally get him down to me, and he's he's come to a big kennel, and it just took a little while for him to settle in, and and then I travelled him right from day one, um, and, and and it was sort of sink or swim, but. Um, no, he hasn't surprised me. We we knew what we were buying, and um, he was in magnificent order when he arrived. The, the people in Australia done that very, very good job with the dog, and um, it's just a matter of 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 getting him to actually click. He, he was a little bit smart over there. That just 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 towards the end of his race, he was winning by that that bigger margins. He just started easing a little bit towards the line and things like that. And once he knew about catching the finish on lure and things. Um, He's just gone from strength to strength. Andy McCook, you uh, you called him, and nice easy call because the the warm order you saw him quite soon, quite early out of the boxes. Yeah, he just came out running, didn't he? I think the caller said he might have been beatable off the draw, but that's not how it turned out. Brendan, good morning to you. He's uh, just phenomenal off the lids, isn't he? And we saw that from him uh, in this feature final where he just put two lengths on a, a really hot field straight away in a field with early speed. So, gee, that stands him in good stead going down the track. Yeah, yeah. Look, in, in the Galaxy final, when you watch the replay, him and Big Time Bree went both down on their noses and then hit each other as they try to recover. So that was a massive run for him to get to where he got. And then on, on Friday's race, Mad Mick, uh, I've only had him a little while and he's going to, he, there's not much between Mad Mick and this dog, it's just they've got to settle down into this kennel environment and take and, and, and get used to it because I've come from kennels with just one or two dogs, but Mad Mick does tend to, to, to angle down a little bit and I knew that when the draw come out and um, as soon as he jumped and he just moved down a bit it just gave him a little bit of room and 
and, and perhaps it, perhaps it made him look better coming out of the boxes than what he did. But um, yeah, like when you're running twenty and seven, twenty and eight, there, there's not many dogs gonna gonna get past you. No, for sure, Brendan. Uh, just chat us through what it's like uh, training a dog like this. Obviously, he's very fast. Does he take much work? Is he a, a high maintenance type of dog, or does he just cruise through life? Um, no, I, I, I put him up the straight every second day, and they go out morning and night into about an acre and a half paddock. Um, the, the routine is pretty much the same with um, all the dogs here, whether they're sprinters, stayers, or, or, or 500 metre dogs. Um, and then I just sort of adjusted a little bit leading into races. But the general maintenance is um, he's come back from Cambridge on Friday. Um, he's had Saturday off. Today, just with 250, just to whistle up the straight at his own leisure. And um, he'll do that again on Tuesday. And then usually just a couple of days off before they race. Um, I like to keep the dogs always running. It was something that I picked up um, off Neville Robson, Graham Bates. And also when I went to Ireland, I, I think if you're moving the dogs around a lot and keeping them running, you're keeping the muscles stretched and you get a lot less injuries. Look, we better move to the Group 2 Waikato Classic. Brendan, you won it with Allegro Jenny. She's now 9 from 12 by Walk Hard out of Allegro Lass. Um, has she shown something to you right from the off? It's a, it's a very nice litter, and, and she's just stepped to the 457 after a couple of sprints, and she's been super. Yeah, yeah, they um, they broke in real good, the litter. Um, and then we sort of had the stop-start with Wanganui, and sort of didn't know what, were, what was happening and things like that and a couple of COVID interruptions otherwise she would have had a few more starts but um, yeah she she'd like at 12 23 20 23 30 at Palmerston um, over the 14 and uh, we just give them a couple of sprints and then just bang them straight up to the 450 um, basically it, it's just too hard trying to get starts all the time over the 450 so we can get plenty of plenty of sprint starts so yeah that was the go there and um Look, I was confident, real confident with the dog to just win the race. Uh, went up there first, look at Cambridge, went 25-5. Never travelled anywhere, just, just to Palmston, which is 10 minutes down the road, and um, got early speed, puts yourself in the race, takes all luck out of the equation. So uh, did the same thing in the final and um, got checked a few times too, going to the first corner by my own dog. And her inexperience... Um, because she's been going to the lead every time. She didn't know what to do in the home straight. She went inside, she went outside, she went inside, then she went back out and uh, still won by half a length. And um, had she drawn the inside, mate, I reckon she probably wins by five or six lengths. So what's in store for her, Brendan? Is there something you especially want with Ginny? We're heading to Christchurch next week, Mark. Um, Breeder Stakes. Um, my only issue with, with these dogs is that they've never been on a circle. Um, because Wanganui closed down, they've only ever been on one-turn tracks, so it's going to be interesting, and I've never been further than 450 metres, so um, it's yeah, it's going to be a tough call down there because we're going to run against hardened dogs, sort of similar scenario to when we went down for New Zealand Cup, but uh, look, get to the front, um, you give yourself a chance, so yeah, uh, Ella will be heading down next week. Um, with a team of dogs and we'll be based at Bruce Dan's again and um, I'll be up here and um, probably just fly down if we make the final and just check the dogs over and go over them make sure everything's following 
Well, Andy McCook, you've been calling all over the country, but of course you're based down near, near Christchurch, and that's your home track these days. And uh, the uh, the coal invasion, they'll be hard to repel. Yeah, it's a scary thing for the trainer side of me, thinking, gee whiz, how are we going to keep up with the coal team coming down here? But, uh, Brendan, obviously you had uh, a couple others in this race as well. I'm picking they'll be making their way down big time. Panda, obviously a, a greyhound who's already made a New Zealand Cup final here at Eddington, so she'll have to be pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, she, she'll be coming down, Andy, and um, the other dog that was in the final will be coming down. Um, we're a little bit light on numbers um, coming down. Um, sort of got just with Wong and Ellie it's just been a real pain and we've got behind on breaking in dogs and and things like that um there's only one trial session a week at Palmston and and a couple of race meetings so it's really hard to get dogs going everywhere and we're having to do a lot of traveling at the moment in order just to um keep the income up to cover the cost so um I really hope they get this Wong and Ellie up and sort it out quickly but yeah we, just we, we'll be down there uh sorry yeah, we'll be down there, Andy. Uh, we'll bring a few sprinters as well. Um, and then we bring another team of dogs down for Premier Night. So hopefully have somewhere between um, 15 and 20 dogs down there on Premier Night, hopefully. Just quickly, your other dog in the race here, Brendan, was Allegro Mars, and uh, he's a dog who's uh, shown us that he's got a massive engine as well. Just didn't get a great deal of luck through the series. Yeah, he went up with the lids. Um, he's been real reliable and went up with the lids, mate. So... That's racing and, and, you know, young dogs. Um, but, you know, one put its hand up and uh, you just need one to do that. So, um, yeah, we'll have our, take our chances and have another go, you know, and not scared to uh, not scared to race, mate. Brendan, just a couple of minutes left. We better touch on the $7,000 maiden final. You won it with big time Kilty, $18 the tote. Not often that the kennel goes around winning a feature that sort of money. Big time Kilty out of a breeder stakes winner and big time tears. Must have given you some satisfaction there. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's only had a couple of starts. He's, he was out in the break in shed and um, he had his first start and Alice said, Oh, Dad, we need to move this dog. Um, over to a pre-training shed, he, 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 he's looking all right. And uh, he spent a week in a pre-training shed and I put the clock on him, I said, oh, we'd better move him to the race shed. Um, and so he's only actually spent two weeks in the race shed and uh, when they get to the race shed, they start getting fully checked and, and looked over and, and groomed up and everything. And um, he, he found a bit for the final. Um, yeah, he's gonna be all right. He's, got, he, he's gonna be all right, this dog. He, he's drawn terribly on... Um, Tuesday, he's got the widest runner in New Zealand drawn inside him, so um, mm. hopefully he can either get in front of it or get in behind it. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be all right. And, yeah, nice little race to win for Maiden Dogs. In that race one, uh, just quickly while we're talking about it, the big-time Kilty's in, race one Tuesday. Uh, looking at La Grande Sophia, who qualified well last week. Uh, good winning chance on debut, do you think? Yeah, I believe so, Mark. Um, I haven't had her up to the 450, but knowing the Eaton's breed, they usually run the trip. Um, she's a full sister to the Grand Oaks that was in there in that final. We didn't have much luck, got checked early, but um, looks to have a, a fairly handy motor. Um, and yeah, I think definitely one for people to follow um, going through. And there's, there's been a few other qualifiers. If, if uh, hunters just have a look at uh, some first starters coming through lately, they'll see that there's, there's some real nice ones coming through. Okay, Brendan, you've got big time rifle too who had to be scratched out of that final just in ten seconds. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, he, he pulled up um before I got I
Big Ross Brendan there, but that wraps us up for the first edition of 2022 for Kiwi Chasing. Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook, Damian Watson will all be back next week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 